Yeesh. I mean, I don't want to go well, back there. Ever. I, I know I'm hopping all around, but but would you say that capitalism is pure capitalism, just pure, pure capitalism, capitalism, is the best structure for for an economy like worldwide? Like pure capitalism? Pure. You have to define for the people what, what you consider pure capitalism. All right. So, so pure capitalism would mean every industry is the free market so education is the free market healthcare is the free market Every, like the government doesn't provide things I, like if you're going pure capitalism then that means even like the fire department is free market if we're talking pure market capitalism i'm gonna have to say Okay, so what industries would you say should be separate from capitalism? Because some should, right? I believe, like you said, police and fire should be ran municipally by the okay. county or the municipality. But again, even that, the, the, the citizens of the municipality or the county must pay into the tax base to support said service. Right, but that, that's a government service. I it mean, is, what, I'm okay, and I'm okay with a uh, county or municipal government, you know, taxing the citizenry to uh, assist in providing that service. What I don't like is them taxing excessively and not providing me a legit, the actual le- legitimate service that I'm paying for. Well, I I agree with you that I would like on my taxes a receipt for what they spent my money on. That oh, would be nice. That would be nice. Sure. Listen, that, that's that's pie in the sky wishful thinking. Now, to your Absolutely other to, to, to your other points about education, I do believe education should be free market. Okay, one hundred percent. How far would you take that? Would you say college education? Yes. Should be government subsidized? No, no government. Oh, should be sub- free market. No, you're saying so. You're saying elementary through through twelfth grade should be free market. So you're saying eliminate public schooling in this country? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I totally disagree with you. I know, I know, but but listen, <laughs> listen, listen to me. Okay, so Jesse, when where I grew up, I went to Roger Q. Mills Elementary School. They're actually changing the name because the guy apparently was some racist guy. But that school has been in that place for like. 80 years and now it's a, a magnet school or something like that great okay. great for the school when i went there the the learning environment sucked we had the worst of everything i had okay. books with you know cock and ball drawings pages ripped out scribbles all kinds of artwork in them and the point of public school is not to educate people it is to indoctrinate people number one number two is to well, teach it's to teach to a test. And I'm only saying that out of my personal experience. So my high school, right. I graduated from, I went back and worked after I graduated. Uh, this was about, I had went to university. I had been back in Dallas for a couple of years and then I needed a job. I went and was a permanent sub there. So I'm looking, I'm working as an administrator in the, in the office, working for the assistant principal. And one day he asked me, hey, Eric, I need you to go and file these test scores away for the outgoing seniors. Because, you know, we had to take a standardized test test here to be deemed competent to move on to college. So I'm looking at these statistics and 50% of these 12th graders read at or below an 8th grade level. 25% read at or below 
a fifth grade level and the same statistics for math and science. Okay. But, and you're saying this is because it was a public school. It's because the way the public school system is set up. The first, the first problem is they take money from the state to operate. Secondly, they have to follow the state mandates for competency. And so what the, and this is, this is not my words. These are words that I asked the teachers. Cause I was like, yo, what's up with these things? And you know what? Some of the teachers told me privately, they could never go out and say this. It says, Eric, I spend 90% of my time teaching soon to be adults what what information is going to be on the test so they're not actually learning they're just re- yeah. retaining enough information to pass a test and then it's automatically gone they're not actually learning anything do the writing the reading comprehension skills the mathematics skills were uh, were abysmal and this was because of the way the system set up what what needs to happen especially in some of these lower income uh, areas is the parents who have the means to get their children to a better school should have a voucher program set up so they could go to a school that actually is going to reinforce what needs to be um, known so they, they can have functioning member society perfect example look at look at all the people who went out and voted in this election most of these people are some of the most uninformed voters that you and I have ever encountered in our entire life because they didn't get anything in school See, when yeah. school becomes competitive, when you have to be competitive to get the best teachers, when you have to be competitive to get the best students, it makes the school better. It makes the school well, better. And uh, sorry if I've been interrupting a lot. I grew up in a family of five. Mm-hmm. So if you don't interrupt, you don't talk. I, am, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and I totally see what you're saying. Um, because, I mean, I definitely have fears about government set curriculums yes because then you're learning what the government wants you to learn which is a dangerous thing yes and and i see how that is a negative to government paid for education for sure um but also if we're trying to compete if we're trying to have our citizens compete on a global scale in a global economy we want those people to be as educated as possible because then our, our citizenry is worth more in a global economy and that makes our country prosper more. And so investing in education and paying our teachers more and paying for college education makes sense financially, just yes. financially. Yeah. And I, it I, makes sense quality of life wise for I, the citizens. Yeah, who I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you there. I think the point where we definitely will agree is we have a huge issue with college. I don't think that the government should pay for college. I actually think the government should quit subsidizing loans for, for young people to go to college because what, what colleges and universities have done is that they've ratcheted up tuition at an exponential rate because the Based government... Based on those government loans. When the government yeah. says, F you, I'm not guaranteeing any of these loans anymore, you know what's going to happen? People are going to be... The rate is going to drop. Drastically. And you yeah. know, college will go back to being affordable. I mean, there'll be no more... All these uh, toilet paper degrees, underwater basket weaving, gender stuff. <laughs> I know. think that's just a class. I don't think you can major in it. Yeah. Well, some people I think are majoring in it. Um, <laughs> uh, gender studies. Wh- why do you need a degree in gender studies? Okay. My personal opinion is. I mean, gender studies, you could be a professor of gender studies. And what benefit is that really serving <laughs> the country? Teach other people. 
I mean, no, that's just, to me, it's just a bunch, it's a woke person teaching young woke kids how to be more woke. And we don't need, we don't need that, right? What we need is. You okay. say woke like it's a dirty word, Eric. It is. It, to me, it's a swear <laughs> word. I mean, being woke is, I mean, I don't know. Any, I don't want to go down that road, but the, the, um, the thing that I, the, the thing that I know for sure is that, and I, and I like to use black people as an example, because when we talk about poverty and the poverty line, black people on, on, on mass typically live at or below it. And the reason why is because not, not for any other reason than we've made poor decisions. Those who can, who have graduated and went to college have made poor decisions about the degree plan that they've chosen. For I mean, example, I'll just, I'll just use black, black women choosing social sciences as a career profession is a terrible decision because they're what they're not taking into account the hero and i disagree with on this he says man eric you can't tell a person they can't pursue their passions and i was like oh yeah well hero you're nigerian did your parents tell you it was okay to go get a degree in social work no we had to be a doctor a lawyer or something or an engineer i was like okay so that's that's the immigrant life is what that is but I'm saying, why aren't we encouraging people? Hey, listen, if you're not going to school to be a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, an architect, an engineer of any kind, the five top paying jobs it feels in this country are all engineers. Yeah. So, I mean, you got petroleum, mechanical, civil, civil, electrical, chemical. And, and chemical. Those yeah. are the top five career fields for a person in this country if you go to university or college. That's what you should be pursuing. That's what college should actually be for. It should, it should be for those things. And it should not be for, if, unless you're getting into like the legitimate sciences, like economics, political science, sociology, um, paleontology, well, archaeology. And, and I know we biology. started this. I know we started this off by saying black women are getting these degrees. I, I don't know any statistics about who's getting these degrees, but in my experience, the people who are getting garbage degrees at college are people who've grown up with a good amount of privilege. Are like I the disagree. people who I went to college with who ended up getting garbage degrees have been people who grew up comfortably and they thought, I'm going to pursue my passion, passion regardless of what this is going to do for me financially. And that's why you've got immigrant parents saying you need to go be a doctor or an engineer is because they don't have that privilege and they ha they weren't raised comfortably and they know, Hey, go out and get something that can make the rest of your life better. But if you grew I, I agree up, with that, I, if I you do. grew up good, then you think, you know, I'm going to get a degree that I like. And yeah. then, but then we, and and again, but I feel like that's part of the reason that, you know, America as a whole has been set back is because we've actually allowed people to go out and get garbage degrees. Hey, just go live your life. Go pursue your passion. When we've got perfect example, the the most prosperous group of people in this in this country are Asian Americans. They test higher on, on all standardized tests. Their rate of acceptance in the college is higher. The amount of debt they have is lower. The amount of um um, out of wedlock children they have is lower. The amount of people who actually go to college and finish is extremely higher. The amount of professional now, people out of that group um, is extremely higher than any other people group in this country. All right. So we've entered the part of the podcast where I could say something that's going to like put my foot in my mouth and make people hate me or whatever. Nah, no, you won't. Okay. But, <laughs> but Asian Americans have like a very strong culture 
Yes. And that culture is a culture of success. Yes. But if you're talking about like people like black people in America, they most mostly had their culture ripped from them. And so they don't have, because they were brought over here as slaves. Not every and black were, person and was weren't allowed over to, here. Uh, that's true. And there are people like immigrants like Hero who have that Nigerian culture and that mm-hmm. helped them succeed. But if you're brought over here if if your family was brought over here as a slave years and years ago and mm-hmm. you've been robbed of that culture because you've been stripped of that culture mm-hmm. by white America, then you maybe don't have the thing that's going to make those Asian Americans succeed and the thing that's going to make those immigrants succeed because it's that cultural push that pushes mm-hmm. people into success, you know? Mm. Well, what if I told you... In a lot of... I mean, not on an individual basis, yeah, but no. on like a... Well, what if I told you before 1965, before LBJ and the Great Society, black people were progressing at the same rates as Jewish Americans or Asian Americans in this country like today? Like this was over 100 years ago from the Emancipation Proclamation till up until the 50s. Black people were there were more young black people employed. There were more black people employed in this country than there were white people. OK, but now just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you probably know more about this than I do because I haven't researched this specifically, mm-hmm. but you're talking about an America that had two completely separate Americas. This is not a racially integrated America that you're talking about. This is where and... black people work for black people and white people work for white people. So black people are having that success in a purely black nation. And what's wrong with that? Well, because that's not what our nation is. Our nation isn't our na- two separate nations. Our, our nation, unfortunately, is because... But people, it shouldn't be, right? People tend to pair off, group up with like-minded people, people who look like them, come from the same place that they come. You know, back in those times, this is, again, this is before... Uh, the Voting Rights Act. This is before the Civil Rights Act. This is before integration. This is before right? integration. This is before the Civil Rights Movement. This is before uh, affirmative action. This is before any of those things. But the, on average, and even even again, the the great economist Tom Sowell said in uh, on the firing line, you should go watch that William F. Buckley's firing line featuring Thomas Sowell. Hang on, just a second. Let me write that down. William F. Buckley's firing line. Yeah, with Thomas uh, with Thomas Sowell. Uh, okay. S-O-W-E-L-L. He actually dispels a lot of these myths on the firing line. He was speaking directly to a liberal white lady who was talking about income inequality, about the gender pay gap. In 1978, she's spouting off these things. So these aren't new arguments. And he actually tells you when he breaks down the data that up until a certain point, black couples were the most married. In this country, the single motherhood rate was the lowest and the and the highest employment rate was was there. And it actually he actually says, statistically speaking, college educated uh, black couple that was married out earned a white couple. And this is before integration. This is before affirmative action. This is before all of these things that were supposed to help black people. Black people are no better in this country with all these subsidies and handouts than they they're not, we're not, we're no better. We're in a no better position. We actually have not increased po- population wise. We're still 13% of the population. I, okay. Now I, I would agree that maybe you're not any better financially than where you were in the past, but you were more limited in the past. 
because you're talking about way. a segregate you're talking about a segregated society so, you're talking about so, a society that was purely you can't go to white spaces but why do you, you can't take to to part white in white spaces, things though? But why did, why did a black person need to? If you had your own bank, your own bus and cab company, your own grocery store, your own hotels, your own homes, your own other plumbing, electrical, now, et cetera, farms, okay. what do you need from those people? Okay, now, Eric, I mean, I'm not going to be the person who's going to say, I know what black people should want or anything mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Like, you obviously know more about that than me. I'm a white man. Mm-hmm. But... Two separate societies based on race mm-hmm. in the greatest country in the world, mm-hmm. that shit doesn't fly. Like, I agree. Like there's no way that we should be still living in a segregated society. And the, the things that you're spouting mm-hmm. about, like how black people were doing better, it's because they were in a purely black society and they weren't allowed into white society. And so we've been making these strides and we've, we're in the same society now and mm-hmm. black people are doing worse. And I, I get that. That's, I mean, that's messed up. And I don't agree with that. Absolutely. But we got to be making these strides to make us into one society and everybody's on a level playing field. And and you know how that happens is by having an economy. See, if black people would have never integrated, what would have happened is them building up their communities would have invited other people that were not that did not look like them into their space to use their business. I'll give you an example. I've been, I've been to black wall street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't know if you've been there, but there's a museum. uh, I've been to Tulsa, but I haven't been to black wall street. You need to go to black wall street. You need to go to the black wall street museum. I hate Tulsa. Tulsa is the worst. It's the butthole of America. America. It's terrible. Sorry, any Tulsa people. I don't even know what you call yourself. Tulsa people I work for who are headquartered in Tulsa. Okay. Well, I won't, I won't, we won't, we won't call that company out. We'll leave them alone. Uh, you know, right. nice Italian eatery, but um. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. No one. Knows. <laughs> but um, yeah, they they the thing. I went to the museum. This was oh lord, this was probably about two thousand four, two thousand five, and I actually got to go. So I was not. I was barely. I was like seventeen years old when I got to go see this place. And that was like half my life ago, actually. And what I what I learned there from looking at the history, having the curator of the museum talk and give us a tour, is that actually what was happening was. Um, Tulsa is still divided by a, tr- a set of train tracks. There's North Tulsa where all the poor people live and South Tulsa where all the rich people live. Yep. And what happened was Black Wall Street was right across, right on the line, right across the train tracks. And what happened was they were, they were redlining and redistricting to prevent black people from being able to get homes and be able to go to the bank and get loans. So all the black people were relegated and the Native Americans uh-huh. actually. On, on the north side of the tracks. The north side, on the north side. And so they built their own bank hotel, bus company, taxi company, grocery store, barbershops, beauty shops. And they, they had everything in this community. And the bank was actually, um, the banks on the South side were actually denying poor whites the ability to go in and get a loan so they could purchase a home. So guess where all those poor white people went? They went. That, to- I mean, that's, that's entrepreneurship in America. It, and- it is. It's perfect. But think, but think about it. What happened was, all the the when all the money started leaving the the white community the poor whites started going to the north side of the town where they were accepted by people that they called all kinds of pejorative terms they go there and they're treated like regular people we got the 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 torches and the pitchforks coming out 
Oh, for sure. Well, and that's because racism in this country is, is wielded. It's wielded to keep poor white people and poor black people from being friends. Yes. Like, because if poor people were friends with each other, then rich people would have something to be afraid of. And that's well said. I think you're, uh, do you listen, you listen to rap? You listen to uh, Lupe Fiasco? I don't know. I, I maybe know a song or two. I'm not a big so, Lupe Fiasco Okay, well, if you look up this song, it's called American Terrorist. He put this song out like 12, 14 years ago. And he says, the poor Ku Klux man says that we're not brothers, but we're just the same, but we lack the same color, and that's green, and that's mean. You can't burn your cross because you can't afford the gasoline. And the whole point of the lyric was to say... That's a good-ass line. ...that poor people in this country should be united the underprivileged and underserved people regardless of race ethnicity economic background should all be united because he says the the rich people are the problem he said and he also goes on to say in that line he says he talks about the upper crust he says and they keep moving the the goalposts so you're never keeping up enough he said these people intend to be here and as soon as they start seeing you elevate, they're going to move the goalpost or change the rules to the game so that you can never actually get on the playing field with them. Because if you were able to see who they were and what they did, then you would have an ability to go in and fight and change and help other people. And they don't want that. This is ultimately bringing everything full circle. What's going on in our government today? These people are getting up, blowing smoke up our ass because they think that they're saying exactly what we want to hear. They're like a dude yeah. trying to get laid. They're just going to say whatever they got to say <laughs> to get the girl naked. That's exactly what's going on in this country, and it's we'll unacceptable. See, and, man, you just illustrated the problem with the pop of like pop rap music doesn't have that power, like that line right there. There's, there's something about rap music that you can deliver so many words so eloquently mm-hmm. – like to where it just gets your message across, bam, in one or two lines. Mm-hmm. And and just pop music in general is so bad at doing that. That's why I like to listen to folk and why I like to listen to rap, like people who are speaking their mind. Yeah, the thing the thing is, uh, as far as that music is concerned, because I remember you asked me in text, was that on the outro, was that me? I said, it probably was. Like, I I yeah. hear a bunch of music and it's probably me. Well, I just, I just finished listening to your stream. Yeah. And then a song came on and you played me some of your brother's music, but you never played me any of your music. And I was like, oh. this sounds like Eric. What, what was what, what was I saying? I don't even know uh, what song it was. It was like... um. Man, I'm not going to be able to think of a lyric right now. Hang on. Give me just one second. I looked it up because I was like, can I see if I can find this song? And no, I couldn't probably find not. it. No, nah, it's probably not even uploaded. It's probably stuff that I recorded. Most yeah, I, I couldn't find it. I wanted it. It's a good song. Bro, I haven't recorded a song in, I mean, like, personally, like, I made a beat, wrote everything, done it all myself. It's probably been, like, four or five years. Um, I've done some stuff here since I've been back in Dallas, kind of collaborated with, and I probably did a song with my brother. That's probably like the last like legit song that I did. And I did another song with uh, my producer, uh, Donnie Domino. I just, want, I just want a peace of mind, but it's so oh, yeah. hard to find. Oh, yeah. That I, do, that's me. Yeah, that's me on the That's hook. a good song, dude. I want that You song. ain't even heard the lyrics yet. I'll, it's going to have one verse, but like okay. that's, that's actually something that I'm actually like um, – like doing a reference for somebody somebody actually own, uh bought that song for me you gotta you gotta send that song to me when i, I when i when i put the verses down actually you know what i just because you're my brother i'm gonna read i'm gonna read you the lyrics since you All since right. you like it right. i i will rap the lyrics for you see now man you making me 
rap these lyrics <laughs> on here. Let me let me see. So the song is called Good Vibes Only. So it says, uh, 0600, alarm goes off. Feet on the wood, stretching, I cough. So many things on my mental, not coincidental. They test me, I'm probably going to pop. Stuck up in corporate, you can't be yourself. Steadily focused on everyone else. Boss is still jerking. I'm constantly working. Zapping my time, I can't focus on wealth. I move in stealth is all. I got a heart and resolve to make credit revolve and hefty withdrawals to ball. They get the smacking, got no need for clapping. I'm calmly telling them no and watch them tighten their jaws. Concern created the cause, but celebration is pause. Why? Because I'm on the way home from a day long. Hear the same song from my bay phone with a strong tone. Going live right when she dead wrong. Why so headstrong? Is the love gone? I got to know if the love's gone. All of these thoughts are keeping me company, but I still feel so alone. Dude, that's, just goes, that's some good ass shit right there. See? See, I... Like you said, you made music. You never yeah. played any of your music for me. That is good, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, good. I'm working a little bit. But I'm so bogged down now. Like I just started since I seen him and I started uh, college. I have to for for work. Like my oh, nice. my promotion is pending on it, and it's big enough money for me to say screw it and do do school. Like I don't want to at all. But I'm just you doing. Gotta it. keep learning, man. Gotta keep learning. Uh, that's what they tell me. I mean, I mean, it's literally a hoop. I'm like, I'm qualified to do the job, but it's a, it's a, a box I have to check to be deemed worthy to receive. The, I'm trying to teach myself right now, and you're doing the coding thing, right? Yeah. How's that going? Yeah. It's going all right. Um, I need to, I need to be better at it. There, there are days where I'm better at motivating and I'll do like four or five hours a day. Yeah. And there are days where I'm not good at motivating and I'll just come home and I'll just unwind. Yeah. And I, I should be sticking to a schedule and motivating more. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, I come from a family of five. Um, my parents uh, didn't work a whole lot. Yeah. And, and right now I'm doing the best out of all my siblings financially mm-hmm. and it's just just difficult like I know I got that potential and I know yeah. I can push out there but it's easy to get complacent you know and you it's just can't so let yourself get complacent no nah. and you that's know, the struggle right now you, you know you know why it's because and I find as guys I'm start, I'm talking to as the older I get I'm starting to talk to more and more guys the problem that, that I find with guys is we usually get on an island by ourselves. Yeah. Whatever we're dealing with internally, if we don't trust our partner, we're not going to say. And then we also don't trust enough guys or have enough guys around that we can give that part of ourselves to yeah. uh, without fear of it being used against you or you getting made fun of or you feeling like less of a man for exposing or being vulnerable. And I've learned that the more people I tell, like I'm I'm very cautious about who I tell. If you're in my circle, I tell the people in my circle, hey, these are my plans. You know why? Because I want them to ask me, hey, Eric, how's that thing going? And I'm like, yeah. oh, I haven't. I was like, well, bro, what's up? Like, why? Keep what happened? Accountable. Accountability partner. So I have. I tell as many people about, hey, this is my goal for the for this year. This is what I want to do, so that they can ask me. Because if you if you don't, now that I know that you're struggling with this, don't don't be surprised when I text you, hey Jesse, what's up with this coding thing? I will appreciate it, honestly. Like I really will, dude. Because the difference between the difference between being a, a coder and not being a coder, being a, a a developer and not being a developer. I mean, it's situation changing money. Yeah, and it's it's just putting that time in. Like it is. Like it's not like it's not like 
I, I always say this. I play guitar, and I always say this to anybody who's like, I'd like to play guitar. Yeah. Like, it's like, put the time in. It's it's not like somebody is like, hey, you just can't play guitar ever. Mm-hmm. Like, anybody can play guitar. You just yes. got to put the time in. And see, and I think the place where you are, if I can use a guitar re- reference, is you're in the process where you're building your calluses. This is yeah, where you are. Exactly. You're you, and you got to get through that humdrum and get those calluses so that when you're when you're uh picking is 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 effortless you know what what you just said to me has been very helpful actually that is something <laughs> that i can use in yeah. my own brain space that yeah. that was very helpful to me right there well hey man listen that's what we're here for the identity movement we're trying to identify with each other man like that's <laughs> that's my goal is that just to get out here and talk to people we want to see people we, I, man bump all everybody else you're my brother i want to see you do well like i, I want to see, see you do well and, and I know that well. I'm I'm getting there. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I'm not where I want to be yet. Cause when I get to the place I want to be, when you get gotta, to the place you when you get to the place you want to be, I'm gonna cap your wealth. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Jesse's gonna be the guy. Says Eric, dang it, I have to cap your wealth, but I'm glad I have to cap your wealth because you <laughs> capping my wealth means that so many other people are gonna be helped. And number two, that. I mean, you and Devin ain't gonna have to go go slave for nobody. Y'all don't want to slave because you're gonna come <laughs> over here and, work and do the family business. And like, we ain't gonna have no problems. And that and that's the name of the game, is that I want to get to a place where I can have all of my family in a position where they wake up and say, uh, "I get to work the family business today. I'm in charge." I don't have to be concerned about money. I don't have to be concerned about bills and I get to do something today versus I have to do something. Yeah. Coding, have laptop and a jetpack will travel. I mean, you can literally <laughs> True. I mean, that's what's so appealing about it to me is like work from home eventually. Yeah. Like you work your way up and then you work from home and and you set your you schedule and also, I mean, just entrepreneurship, you know, coding yeah you can, you can make your own job if yeah. you're good enough at it you exactly. make your own job yeah and i have a friend who who actually does that man you gotta get fin he actually lives here in dallas i'm actually gonna go see him next friday i gotta actually put that on my calendar yeah which i haven't seen i haven't seen this guy in two years and he just he bro i was out with one of my other buds he just randomly called me and i was like bro what's up He's like, man, y'all know I was supposed to get up with you like a couple months ago. Like I called him, was like, bro, we need the link, and he got he got busy with work, and he just randomly called me today. I was shocked to get his call, but he was nice. thinking about me. But that's what he does. He's been doing that professionally for like five or six years. He actually used to be a professional wakeboarder. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, nice. like my my boy Todd. Yeah, he's 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 legit, man. So he made I enough. Did, I did some wakeboarding out in Texas uh, when I was younger, mm-hmm. and my older brothers have these real skinny feet. They had yeah. their own wakeboard yeah I had, I had to use my uncle's wakeboard when i was in middle school because i got some fat caveman feet <laughs> i was so bad at it yeah no nah, i'm not good at, at water sports i don't swim I, and i and i don't float so that's a double whammy for me so <laughs> yeah I, I, I was looking up the little uh kitty school to go learn how to swim over there and i was like yeah but i just got to get in the in the pool with the four-year-olds i'm not ashamed I am i'll teach not you how ashamed. to swim I'll come to Dallas. I'll teach you how to swim. Hey, man, that'd be greatly appreciated. I have a, a, a lady here who used to be a lifeguard. She was like, yeah, man, I'll teach you how to swim. Like, she actually works for me. I was like, mm, you're going to have to hold me up. Now, nah, I'd rather take uh, lessons from a dude because, yeah. <laughs> so, you can do it. It's just like guitar, except for instead of building calluses, you might drown. 
Yeah, and I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the water. If I'm in the water with somebody that I know can swim, I'll I will jump in yeah. the pool. I, I I will. I'm not. I don't care. You uh, doggy paddle at least? Nope. Can't even do that. Oh man. Can't float. Can't doggy paddle. Can't you can tread. Do this. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, got, I just have to learn. You got learn. big, strong arm muscles. You got big, strong leg muscles. That's all you need. Yeah, so I just got to get the treading down, and once I can tread without my arms, I think I'll be, I'll feel good enough to be in the in any in a body of water. That's just what I need. So tread five or ten minutes without without using my arms, and then if I could just freestyle anywhere, I'd be I'd be okay. But you know, you know, it's a lack of public pools and a lack of yeah, yeah lack of public pools really. Oh, dude, I, I mean, I grew up swimming in creeks. That's where See, I learned to swim. Yeah, last time I was in a creek, I sliced my foot open. I almost needed surgery. <laughs> pretty sure I cut a tendon or something. But yeah, it was pretty bad. It was really bad. I got went that down. That doesn't to, sound good. Yeah, I was in Croom in Crumacucci, Florida, in the creek. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, tried to get out. I got in to get baptized. I took my shoes off. Dumb mistake. Got out. Put my I was stepped on a jagged part of a rock. Sliced <laughs> my foot open. And almost needed surgery. So, and I got six stitches in my foot. That was probably the most excruciating thing that I've ever felt in my entire life. Even more than when I got my, uh, one of my front teeth uh, elbowed out. That was less painful than my foot slicing hey. open. How'd you get your front tooth elbowed out? Basketball. Some guy got a rebound. And he came I, so thought, really I thought you were going to say basketball. I've caught more elbows in basketball than I did ever in any other sport. Nope. Basketball, brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> I just, just shoved the tooth back in my face. That was a bad idea, but at least it's there. A dentist later told me that was probably the smartest. It grew back? Oh, yeah, it's there. It's dead. It's all. It's really off color. I don't know if you, you probably can't see it in the light. It's this one right here. It's off color. Yeah, it okay. needs to be replaced. I can't even tell. Yeah, if you when you see me next time, you'll see it unless I've gotten it fixed by then. I'm thinking I'm thinking about going to the dentist. I actually have a buddy of mine who put me onto a fraternity brother who has a, a dental practice not far from where I live. So I was gonna go nice. and holler at him. But yeah, man, like it's insane. Like all the stuff I've had to deal with. But yeah, um, your sister lost half a front tooth. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't see learning something about her. Speaking of yeah. them, I, I test I texted those rascals like a couple days ago. Nothing. So well, I'll I'll yell at her. Make sure she texts you back. She's bad about that. <laughs> I know. I know. Bo- both of them are. Chloe's a little bit better. Both of them are. Um, they just. Yeah. I don't think they know how much I love them. I think once they the light bulb goes off there, then they'll be like, man. I don't. I don't think it's about that at all. Devin's just bad about texting people back. Okay. Okay. In general. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what that, I can accept that if it's not if it's not a personal thing. But yeah. Speaking but of no. That, I, oh, sorry. Just. Uh, I was going to tell you how she lost half her front tooth. <laughs> so, so Chloe and uh, one of a male cousin of theirs were holding uh, one of those giant yoga balls and running into each other. And I guess they both weighed about the same at the time and they kept doing it and it was really fun. They just like bounce off and fall on the ground. And they're like, here, Devin, you try. And so Devin was about half of each of their weight, you know, and then someone... <laughs> bounced her and she flew across the room and broke half her tooth off and turned around and they were like oh no so she she got about half a fake tooth that's okay that's that's a, actually a funny story that's a super funny story does she know you're on with me right now do what does she know you're on with me right now yeah she knows you want me to go grab her real quick? Nah, nah, y'all gotta grab her. i can't <laughs>
the side. Slow it down and we can catch the vibes. The vibes.